Hello, how the tech are you? One of these days, I'm going to get say that properly with the proper inflection, but uh, apparently not today. Anyways, this is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about technology and tech news and some science stuff and whatever you feel like talking about related to, in that general uh, subject area. I'm historian Matt. I usually talk about some general tech news and science news. Today, it's a more science-ish news, but it's all I, I do actually have some tech news today, so that's good. Uh, so what I'll be talking about today is we got images from the James Webb Space Telescope. The images came out like the day we recorded the last episode. So we're, we're a little behind on that, but we'll uh, cover wh what we have so far. I have a few images. I didn't go over all of them. But uh, we got some good background images, uh, background info on them. Uh, my second topic will be monkeypox. We have an update on that. It is not good, but uh, hopefully there, there's some information everybody needs to know. So cover that again. And finally, some actual tech news. And in what probably sounds like the weirdest uh, sentence in tech this week. It, it is Microsoft to provide ads for Netflix. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, then uh, you're actually probably knowledgeable of tech stuff <laughs> in general. So, uh, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm Dave. I'm the producer of this show, but no longer the video editor. HK is going to be back with the show next week. <laughs> so uh, that's good. Um, this week, I'm just going to be talking. I only have two stories, but they're, they're both uh, Linux related. One is uh, Lenovo has shipped some laptops that seem not to be able to boot into Linux at all, that the, there's some kind of security stack in them that is, uh, just doesn't let you load Linux on them. And that's, that's quite bad uh, because, as you probably know, most Linux people really love ThinkPads, like really love ThinkPads. Yep. And uh, hopefully they get that worked out. And uh, then I'm just going to be talking about all the things that are broken in Wayland which is the new display server for Linux. Maybe not all of the things, but I'll be talking about the things <laughs> that matter to me and us as far as that goes. Last week I had three stories. This week I had two. We're, uh, we'll, we will <laughs> get it down to one next week. <laughs> <laughs> so well, go, you know, whatever. Go, go ahead, Matt. Whatever works. Um, yeah, uh, I was going to say before we get started, because you, you mentioned it, HK is out. He's He actually finished his adventure, but... Not in time to make it to this show. Uh, so, uh, but he will be on other shows on Echoplex Media starting this week. So keep an eye out. I don't know if he's going to talk about his adventure, but, uh, you know, yeah, check out the other shows. It's, it's good. But he'll be back next week, I'm sure. Uh, other than that, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the uh, James Webb Space Telescope which from now on, I think I'm just going to call the web telescope or the, yeah, that's good. Web telescope. That works. So, uh, but going back a little bit before that, the Hubble space telescopes, first images were received in May, 1990. And when they were, uh, came in, found out that there was an improperly polished mirror, which made the images pretty crappy and unusable. But uh, so 30 years later, we have the James Webb Space Telescope, as I said, Webb's telescope, sent back its first images, and they are great. There is no uh, mirror problem. 
they all seem to have come out great just right off the bat, which is good. The, uh, the Hubble telescope, um, they were able to fix the problem. They had to send people in space and do a spacewalk and fix it and cost millions of dollars. And luckily they didn't have to do that with this one. And the Webb uh, telescope, it's been 30 years and the technology has improved quite a bit. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, what we're seeing. So the first image I have up, hopefully you guys can see it. I can't see what you guys can see right now. Anyways, uh, this first image was released by President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris in a news conference. They are, the president has a privilege of showing off the first images, uh, even though they uh, it took 30 years to do. So he really didn't have a whole lot to do with uh uh, with, with making the images, but I'm sure they, you know, supported it through their careers. Anyways, this first image, it is a very tiny speck of the night sky that's being imaged here, but it's, you know, very distant. but basically it's the, the area of sky, um, that is covered by a grain of sand. If you held it at arm's length and you're a person on earth. So just imagine like, you know, picking up a grain of sand and holding it up to the sky and, you know, grain of sands are so small, like <laughs> your fingers kind of like cover them. You can't even see it. But if, if you could actually see the, the grain of sand or you held it just right, that's how much of the sky is that is in this, uh, this first image. And basically it's the, uh, it's an image of a galaxy cluster, uh, known as I'm just going to say the letters S M A C S, uh, zero seven, two, three S max. I don't know. That sounds, sounds like a good smacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so galaxy cluster is a cluster, a cluster of galaxies. So you have, you know, all the way down at our at a solar system, solar system is in a galaxy and then galaxies can cluster together. They don't really form spirals or anything, but they're grouped together into like a larger structure of space objects. Um, this image is, it's looking at light that took 4.6 billion years to reach us. And basically that means that the closest stuff in this image, I think, except there's some stars that are, are bright in here that are actually in the Milky Way kind of blocking the part of the image. But the rest of this stuff is at least 4.6 billion light years away. <laughs> That's what we're imaging. And most of these are galaxies. And, um, if you look closely at this image, you'll see some kind of streaking. It looks like there's like galaxies that are in, that are streaking. They're, they're like kind of lines or curved lines across the, the image. And that's caused by gravitational lensing. And I think what's actually happening is the galaxy cluster itself is big enough that it's, uh, that it's all the galaxies together are um, causing the lensing. Um, I don't want to go into too much of the, in, into detail, but basically gravity bends space time and uh, it could cause uh, this, this lensing effect with light, similar to how a lens works that, that's made out of glass. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and those lens galaxies are apparently even further away. I don't know how far they are away, but lensing is often used to see stuff even further than we can possibly see with the current technology. 
So what else do we have? We got another image. I only got a few images to show. There are many more here. Whoa, too far. Here we go. So this image is not an image of a specific planet. There's a, I have it. There's like a background image of a planet. I don't think that's it. I think that's just a digital rendering. But what's interesting about this is this is actually tracking a spectrum that was, I think this is the one from an exoplanet. So um, other images and I guess just data they, they got from the, the web telescope, um, scientists were able to, to, you know, identify elements using spectrum um, in galaxies over 13 billion years old. So galaxies from the early, you know, early time of the universe. In that case, this one is an actually is actually from an exoplanet, which I believe is considerably closer. I don't know exactly where this exoplanet is, but uh, this exoplanet is again. I'll do the letters and then try to pronounce it. <laughs> it's WASP dash ninety six B, so WASP ninety six B, um, and the spectrum that's brought back with what is graphed here uh, actually identifies that there's water in the atmosphere of this planet. So thinking of uh, a planet, like I think it's like millions of, or at least thousands of light years away, if not uh, millions of light years away. And we're able to determine, you know, what it actually has in its atmosphere. And we're looking for water because obviously if we start detecting water in a lot of places, uh, we can identify life possibly on other planets outside our solar system. Now this planet definitely, we're pretty sure I shouldn't say definitely. We're pretty sure it does not have any life on it because we know it's a, a big planet. It's a gas giant and it's certainly not habitable for any animals or plants that we know of. But uh, it's interesting that we're able to determine that there's water on it or water in its atmosphere. And then I've got another one. And this is a, an image of the Carina Nebula. And it's actually the edge of the nebula. It's not the whole uh, nebula. And it's just a really cool image of a nebula. This edge, though, it, I, it's not, I don't think it's really obvious with um, our untrained eyes, but it's actually there are uh, stars being formed all throughout this nebula where the gases. Uh, sort of coalesce and, and ignite uh, when they, you know, become big enough. But um, I'm sure scientists have lots of interesting stuff to, to uh, find out in this, this image, but this is a very similar image to one taken by the Hubble Space Telescope. And if you look online somewhere, I think they have some comparisons. And I, I saw one image that showed that the Hubble image was a small subsection of this one, but this one is, has way higher detail and just looks really cool. So uh, cool nebula pictures we got here. I'm sure in the future we'll be able to get uh, cool prints to put up on our walls with all these interesting images. There's lots more that, that came out. Actually, there's at least two more uh, different things pictured. I think multiple images of them. And I'm sure we'll have much more coming out in the future.
But for now, that's all I got. Do you have any questions? No, that's just amazing. That last image was just fucking amazing. Tech and amazing. I'm sorry. It was tech and amazing. amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Tech and amazing. Um, Yeah. It was looking like the the stuff from 13 billion years ago. I mean, that stuff might not even really be there anymore or be there in its, in the form we're seeing it. It certainly changed, but some of it might just be gone for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I think like most don't most don't most people who study the matter think that the universe might only be 13 billion years old it's about 14 so oh okay yeah but yeah we're we're looking way back to the beginning of the the universe uh type stuff that's incredible and like it's just the 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 fact that it's a part of the sky like you said that would be to the naked eye you know, a grain of sand held at arm's length. It's just the the universe is just full of stuff. I mean, there's just so yep. much stuff there. Yeah, yeah. it's it, amazing. It it is the I and this. You know, I mean, I think we probably or we you know scientists probably had ways before this to determine like that there was all that stuff out there. But being able to see it, it just it you know it's just we're we're just so small. We're like nothing. Yeah. We're nothing. And the, the idea that there's no life out there, if every grain of sand has that much stuff in it, that's absurd. Uh, there has to be yeah. some life somewhere else. Um, hopefully we never meet them though, because uh, they'll probably blow us up. They'll, <laughs> yeah, come, right. they'll come here and they'll be like, oh, you, you guys are doing a really bad job at this planet thing. We're just going to go ahead and wipe you off, wipe you off the planet. Sorry. The cats yeah, I mean, can they stay. Don't really have to, they, they don't really have to kill us. We're killing ourselves. So Yeah, maybe they're just yeah. waiting it out. Maybe they want just, some, yeah. they want some beachfront property. They want some beachfront <laughs> property and there'll be more of it <laughs> time. or maybe yeah. less of it. I don't know how that works. But yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. Maybe they just, maybe they already know. Maybe they're like, no, no, no. That planet's in a bad neighborhood. Don't go there. But <laughs> yeah, that, right. that stuff's amazing. Cause the, even the images from the Hubble after they fixed it were just astonishing. And this thing's right. This thing's, I don't even know how many orders of magnitude better or um how many orders of magnitude uh, finer the detail is or whatever but i know the images are just unreal the um <clears throat> before a lot of the nebulas uh, some of the images we would see of nebulas i believe were artist renderings and uh i don't i don't think you yeah. know i don't think the artists some of the artist renderings we've seen of nebulas uh, have done them any justice and certainly none of the pictures we've seen of nebulas before are as detailed as the the image you showed of the nebula at the end that was that's the most one of the most amazing images I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I really uh, suggest. I didn't have time to put this together, but I really suggest to everybody listening and or watch even watching on uh, YouTube to go look up the particularly the Carina Nebula um, that the Hubble took and compare the images. And it's like you see the Hubble one, and it looks amazing. And then you look at the 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 web one, and there's just so much more detail. It looks like the Hubble one is fuzzy, like it's out of focus or something, and you just don't even realize it when you first see it. So it's uh, like it's, it's like when you look amazing. at an old TV show that you never really thought was fuzzy, and then you now you look yeah. at it on a 4K TV, you're like, oh, the resolution's quite bad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all I got for that, the web telescope. I want to move on uh, to less fun info, but I do not have images for this. It's probably a good thing, <laughs> except for the one that I guess they have on the 
the article, but uh, monkeypox in the U.S. So monkeypox cases in the U.S. hit 1,470. It's quite a, a jump from the last time we heard about it. Uh, and it continues to spread among the community. And unfortunately, there is a shortage of vaccines uh, with this one. Uh, seems like kind of a repeat of another outbreak we, we've known and have lived with for a while. But anyways, uh, worldwide, just uh, as a comparison, worldwide, there's a, a little under 13,000 cases uh, in multiple countries. I think Spain has the most, and there's a couple other countries that have uh, in, in Europe that have big outbreaks. Uh, even though it originated in Africa, I don't know if, you know, what's, if they're bigger, I, I, there doesn't seem to be bigger outbreaks in Africa for whatever reason. Anyways, the reasons for the uptick in the U.S. is not entirely just that, that it's been spreading, but mostly that it's been spreading, but the CDC has streamlined reporting process, the reporting process. So we're probably getting more reports of the, of monkeypox as people become more aware and the uh, reporting becomes more streamlined. Uh, also, there is about a three week incubation period before symptoms appear. So we're likely seeing cases from earlier in the U S outbreak are actually showing up and people are getting tested for it. And then finally, of course, with testing, the CDC has expanded testing capacity and uh, it's, we've gone from a max of 6,000 to 70,000 tests that can be processed per week. I have to put that on my notes, but it's per week. Um, and they were doing, they did this by basically uh, uh, adding commercial labs where previously only a small network of CDC labs had the, had testing case capabilities. So that's good. We're starting to get serious about it, but uh, it is still spreading and be careful out there. Uh, finally on the vaccine shortage, the, the U S is short on vaccines and I Things pronounced gynios, uh, smallpox, monkeypox vaccine. So apparently, smallpox and monkeypox are similar enough that they use a similar that this same uh, vaccine for it, and it is unfortunately in short supply. Uh, this vaccine is recommended for anybody who is uh, who's definitely had, definitely has uh, monkeypox or is suspected of having monkeypox. So anybody who catches it, it's treatment for it, basically. And um, the Department of Health and Human Services is making an additional 131,000 doses available. That's on top of the 156,000 that were already distributed. So we're trying to get more vaccines made and distributed to all the states and hopefully we can get on top of it and stop this before it spreads too much. But uh, be careful out there. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a whole lot that can be done. Uh, it's hard to avoid right now. And people, if you, if you have any symptoms of monkeypox, you need to be tested and probably quarantine. Any questions? Um, I'm just wondering... Do you do we know if people who are old enough to have been vaccinated against smallpox uh, have still have immunity against uh, monkeypox? Do you know if it? it helps? I do not know, and since they seem to be using the same vaccine, 
or at least one of the same vaccines. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they are close enough in, uh, you know, the, the viruses are close enough uh, that they actually can use the same vaccine and they may be uh, uh, immune to it. Yeah, it's just been uh-huh. such a long time since that uh, vaccine would have been given that I don't know. That's true, too. But I thought it gave lifelong protection. I don't know. Um, that's something that I'd probably have to look up separately if I can even figure that out. Uh, it was not in the article that, or, if or you know, any of the articles that I've read on it. Or if you know the answer, leave it in the comments. Yes. If you're out there, <laughs> if you're out there and you know the answer to this, definitely leave that in the comments for us. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got on monkeypox. I got one more actual like tech news. And again, it's this weird sentence, Microsoft to provide ads for Netflix, which seems really odd because, you know, Microsoft is really not known for being an ad provider and Netflix is not known for having ads. But uh, what's happening is Netflix has been losing subscribers recently. Uh, It's the first time it's actually lost subscribers in, I don't know, since I think it began pretty much. And uh, it's trying to reverse the trend of losing subscribers to all these, you know, all these other services came out and are competing heavily with Netflix and people are, are finally leaving. So uh, what Netflix has decided to do to kind of to try and bring people back is to create a, a subscription tier that includes ads. So currently all the Netflix subscription tiers are ad free and um you know everybody's been watching without without ads but uh they want to add in a cheaper version that includes ads to bring more people back now microsoft is not known as an advertising company as i mentioned but they have been serving ads with their search engine bing everybody remembers bing right (laughs) it's a search engine (laughs) well what also what uh Microsoft did is they purchased this company called Xander from AT&T that is a, uh, that produces basically a pragmatic or programmatic advertising system. Blah, blah. Hard to say. I don't know why. And uh, Netflix is suddenly uh, interested in them and kind of pushed them over the top for, um, you know, providing ads. So, um, I don't exactly know how that programmatic advertising system is supposed to work. I did try to look it up, but I only found like more, uh, I don't know, marketing material that really didn't explain what was going on, but I assume it's, uh, you know, invading your privacy to figure out what ads to display the best. Right. <laughs> um, and although the, in this case, there'll be video ads because they'll be on Netflix. Um, so currently Netflix has, you know, ad-free subscription tiers. There I just looked this up. There's three different tiers. Oh, there's one for $19.99 a month and one for $15.49 and, and the lowest one for $9.99 a month. And the differences between these these different tiers are they have uh like the different number of devices can connect and watch videos at the same time. And, uh, pretty much the other option is, I, I think the 1991, the 1999 one is, can, you can get like the ultra HD 
and the 1549 is only HD and the and the 999 is a standard definition uh, television or video. Um, so it is unclear what they're going to charge for the ad supported. Not sure if it's going to be free or if they're actually going to charge a little bit or just a smaller amount per month and then add ads or how that's going to work. But if they start showing ads in my Netflix, I will probably cancel Netflix because it's not worth it. <laughs> Any questions or comments? Um, I don't know. I kind of hope there's a free tier with ads. Like I don't mind ads so much. And I think like people would probably use Netflix. I don't really use Netflix. Um, yeah, I'll like sign up if there's something on there. I really want to watch, but I'll sign up, watch it and then get rid of it. Cause I don't, I don't like like subscribing to a whole bunch of stuff because then you forget that you subscribe to it and yeah, <laughs> they're billing yeah. you for it. Maybe you don't use it. And I just don't watch that much TV. But I do know that Disney Plus is just eating their lunch. Like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been a subscriber to Netflix from all the way back when they only had DVDs in the mail. Yeah, do you remember and when they continued. first called it, what there was, people were calling it, like, instant Netflix, if you had the right device? Yeah. Like, certain yeah, DVD, like Blu-ray players it. and DVD players would have instant Netflix, was the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I never uh, quit... I, I dropped the DVD thing because I, you know, for a long time, you can only get certain things on DVD, but I eventually dropped that because I just had so much stuff in my streaming queue that I wasn't getting through my DVDs at all. And, I, and right now I don't even think I have a DVD player installed or uh, set up, but I would have to say there's, I want to talk a little bit about, I didn't put this in the notes, but the problem with uh, having advertising tiers with subscription tiers like this that have that are ad free is you have a problem of all the people that have enough money will go and pay for the ad free version and those people that don't have enough money but still want to get netflix are going to go for the ad version which means the advertisers are advertising to people that don't have as much money to spend on their stuff so generally what happens in these cases is the, these services either go to all ads and, you know, no price for subscription or all paid and no ads. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Netflix. Cause you know, that's an issue that, that came up with uh, Google. You used to be able to pay to, they never did it completely ad free, but you could pay to reduce the number of ads on like, um, on AdSense and, and, um, you know, search ads and stuff. And they dropped that completely because the advertisers were freaking out about it. So what, and what, what ends up happening too, maybe is that the quality of the ads might just be lower in this circumstance. You might be getting ads yeah. for scams or things that yeah, are sort of yeah. maybe not scams, but uh, you know, multi-level marketing stuff. Um, the, right. Yeah. So yeah. you're not going to be getting an ad for a Mercedes on the, uh, you know, cause if, if the, right if the, the, the Mercedes customer is just going to probably pay for the $20 tier. Right. So I'm curious to see what happens here. Um, if they, if you, you know, even if, if the highest tier is just limited ads, I think more people are going to jump ship or maybe yeah. people on the highest tier will be like, well, why, if I'm getting ads at all, why would I pay for the highest tier? I do think that the, the highest tier though, if people care about like 4k content, like that's, yeah, that's where it's at. But I mean, I, you know, if you're sitting, 
if you're sitting like six or seven feet away from your TV, like you don't, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I have a tiny TV right now. <laughs> like I think I get HD, uh, streaming for most of my uh, different streaming services, but can't really tell <laughs> how far away I am from my TV right now. So That's I have an a, old issue. I, I will get a bigger TV, but for now, um, <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a gigantic TV and a, and yeah. a, and a 4k Blu-ray player. And I bought the 4k Blu-ray player. And then I literally bought one Blu-ray. I bought the planet earth thing. And I was like, and then I never bought another Blu-ray. Yeah. I never bought another <laughs> Blu-ray. So basically I paid what? forty dollars fifty dollars for the blu-ray and 200 and something dollars for the uh blu-ray player so i basically played paid three hundred dollars to watch planet earth <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean now with the streaming services pushing a lot of the you know hd and and ultra hd <laughs> and 4k uh, uh video like it's not worth it to have the blu-ray anymore I mean, if you really care about quality, like physical yeah, media is the best because it's the codec is going to be a lot different yeah. versus going over the internet. But I think that might change too, as more and more people get fiber, they might be able to yeah. just not uncompressed, but compression similar to what's on a Blu-ray. Cause I know the 4k stuff on, I can see it like on Netflix, the 4k stuff, it doesn't look as good. It, yeah. you know, it's the, the, I think it's resolutions there, but the, the dynamic range isn't quite like yeah. what i what i have on uh on the blu-ray either that or they just cranked the hdr up on the blu-ray for planet earth <laughs> and nothing actually looks like that which is i think quite possible too yeah cool well un that's unfortunate but like you know they're gonna have to do something because otherwise yeah. they're just gonna you know just gonna keep losing customers and getting smaller but then in the end like is it really the end of the world if Netflix is, you know, two thirds of its size Yeah, and, and still mean, providing content and employing people? And you know what I mean? I, the shareholders hate that stuff, but is, is it the yeah. end of the world? I, I don't, I don't think it is like, no, I don't think it is, but I do like a lot of the content that Netflix had. So yeah, I do want them to keep going. I mean, I just caught up with stranger things. <laughs> it looks like they're to keep going with that. So. I heard they're doing, uh, they're like leaning kind of hard into the satanic panic this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. That's, that's, yeah, cool. it was actually pretty good. I was uh, impressed with it. It definitely was satanic panic going on. Yeah. I, I, I never really was interested in it, but that I may pick up a Netflix subscription just to kind of check out the season. Cause a lot of people told me that, you know, because I have an interest in the yeah. satanic panic that I'd like the current season of stranger things, even if the show itself isn't really my thing. Yeah. Um, this was bound to happen like as other, like as legacy media, like Disney is just big. They just have the, they don't have to buy content. They don't have to make a lot of content. They just have such like a deep library. They can just cycle through stuff all the time. Their expenses are going to yeah. be just so much lower because they already have the stuff and they've bought so many yeah. companies over the years. The other one that's actually pretty good that I was surprised was good is a uh, peacock. That's a, yeah. I haven't, I haven't done that one. Um, they I have, did Paramount. They have like a free tier and it's, it's pretty good. I mean, you get ads and oh, stuff, cool. but it's, it's pretty good. The, yeah. the, the video quality is good. The app is a little slow, but I also think maybe it's just that my TV is a couple years old and the processor in there might be, uh, yeah. not, not super happy if the application isn't super well optimized. Uh, I know some people that work at Netflix. I hope none of them lose their jobs cause they all do like working there. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just the way it goes. Once, you know, if you're if you're first to something, and then uh, 
big kind of legacy companies come in and start competing with you, there's nothing you can do but shrink probably. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So I guess we're going to move on to my stories here. Uh, here's yep. here's one that I don't like. I like very little, <laughs> but it reminds okay. me of a story that happened before that turned out not to really be a story in the way that everybody thought it was going to be. It tur- everything turned out okay. So Lenovo mm. has shipped some laptops that uh, default to Windows only boot, like the UEFI type system in there isn't letting people boot in like Linux at all. Um, wow. It's for the new 6000 series Ryzen uh, machines. It includes the enterprise ThinkPad line, which is surprising because Linux people love them. Some ThinkPads. Yeah. Like absolutely like Linux people all just love ThinkPads. Um, so the way it works now is most UEFI systems for x86 and, you know, x64 or whatever, uh, that support secure boot trust uh, two certificate authorities. There's uh, the Microsoft Windows production PCA, and that's the one for Windows build specifically. But then there's the Microsoft Corporation UEFI CA, that's the certificate authority. This is used by Microsoft to sign non-Windows UEFI binaries, including built-in drivers for hardware that needs to work in a UEFI environment like uh, GPUs and network cards and bootloaders for Linux. Um, This thing that is being sent or being put together by Microsoft is called secure core. And it seems like it's going to disable that second one and thus not allowing the bootloader to run anything, but when about windows, the thing is we went through this before when secure boot first came out and everybody was saying the same thing. And there were some machines when secure boot first came out that were either impossible to boot into Linux or you had to turn off UEFI entirely and go into legacy boot mode. And uh, that ended up not really being a problem long-term, and I'm hoping that that's the case here because um, as people, especially with Windows 11 and all of, its, um, all of its requirements for your hardware, there's people who are, you know, going to just switch to, switch to Linux because it works and because most yeah. people spend their day in a browser. So, you know it's weird and i don't i don't know microsoft is you know they have a windows subsystem for linux or linux subsystem for windows they've been contributing to the linux kernel they've been doing all this stuff so i don't think that i don't think this is nefarious or anything and i think that maybe lenovo is the culprit here and maybe lenovo yeah. uh, patch their firmware or whatever um i know that i know that you are a part-time linux user yeah have you ever had I'm a not- thinkpad and run linux on it I have not had a ThinkPad in like forever. And I don't even remember when I had it. I think I had it for work or something that, that I had Linux on it. Yeah, yeah. It's there. It's just such a weird thing for Lenovo because that's like such a, it's not a huge market. You know, Linux is like two to yeah. 3% of the computer market or the operating system market. But those are like diehard people who will pay the extra money for like the enterprise machine. Yeah. Because like spec for spec, if you buy like a non ThinkPad Lenovo or whatever, you you get a cheaper machine. But Linux users will just pay the extra, yeah, for the for the enterprise uh, machine because we know that all the components are going to work and that it's going to w- work great with uh, Linux. And it turns out that some of these uh, Ryzen machines that are coming out aren't uh, going to work with Linux. Like I said, I hope that uh, Lenovo just runs a, fir- a firmware patch and this is all just much ado about nothing. And that yeah. that 
when this uh what is this called again here this is uh secured core comes out that it allows for signing of um non-windows binaries because that would be pretty messed up for microsoft to do and it doesn't fit in with their current trajectory basically once uh once uh, satya nudella took over i think that's how you say his name uh they stopped hating linux because steve Ballmer hated linux for whatever reason he called it communism (laughs) and so once the new guy took over they became more friendly to the linux community and they actually are Mm -hmm. allowing you to run linux apps inside of windows through their um through their you know linux subsystem for windows and it's it's there's you know it's been a it's been a a pretty abrupt turn and uh i think that i think that what we're looking at here is a flash in the pan i hope it's a flash in the pan and i think it would be like I think Lenovo will have a lot of very angry people if they don't fix this. Yeah. Like a lot of, because I would just buy, I would know, like I wouldn't, I mean, I keep up on the news, but if I was just looking for a a ThinkPad right now, I'd probably be trying to buy one with the new Ryzen processor and I get it and I wouldn't, wouldn't boot Linux and I'd return it. And so my next story is just real quick. Uh, Wayland, uh, this is an article by, um, probo no pd on github <laughs> and uh there's some problems with Wayland. Wayland is a display server for linux that's uh replacing or supposed to be replacing the xorg server the xorg server is so old and there's some things in it that just can't really be modernized in the way that people would like okay. but the problem with Wayland is that stuff that i need doesn't work um the most important one is that it, screen sharing and recording is kind of broken that's kind of important uh that we how you can't i can't run wayland in obs right yeah well i could but obs like on their website it says they don't support wayland they can't you can't do screen screen sharing you can't do uh you know just bring up a browser window or anything in obs and that's pretty bad but it's also like affecting people in like they're trying to do screen sharing in zoom um, discord all these apps where people do screen sharing and that's really broken and i think they need to fix that um yeah and the other annoyance for me is that the redshift doesn't work so like at what? night you i can't okay, yeah i can't darken and redden the displays so that yeah so that i can basically go to sleep after i'm done streaming <laughs> And you know, I've never found one of those that worked well. I mean, it's, it's done it, it's done the shift, but like, doesn't seem to make any difference on how quickly I go to sleep at night. Um, the other thing, the, the, the red shift is really good because it also lets you, um, turn down the overall, um, just the overall brightness of the, of the image. Yeah. So not only does it redden the image, because if you just redden the image, it's just pink or something, right? Right. So it yeah. lets you, it turns down the overall brightness and it helps me for sure. Like if I'm, I yeah. notice the difference, like if I stream and then I go to bed, I am um, definitely able to sleep better than if I'm like up working with like the lights on and I don't have anything turned red or whatever. It definitely takes me yeah. longer to get to sleep. Um, so you sleep better after red light? I do. I do. Um, also like, <laughs> you know, there are other factors like during this, during my streams, I'm like drinking a few cocktails and stuff, but actually alcohol is, as I get older, it makes it harder for me to sleep. Not easier. Yeah. Not like when I was a kid and I'd just pass out. So yeah, those are my two stories. Um, 
the second one is just some guy's rant about it and i uh, the link link will be in the show notes uh down there okay. on youtube and uh <laughs> That's been How the Tech Are You. Um, check out our other shows. You can go to ecoplexmedia.com slash podcasts. And I swear I will put this podcast on that page formatted like all of the other ones. Maybe I'll do that tonight. <laughs> um, and uh, support us at ecoplexmedia.com slash support. You can find a bunch of ways to support us. Uh, we haven't made a shirt yet for How the Tech Are You, but I'm thinking of some ideas on that. I think it should just be our, if we could do the, the icon that we have really big on a shirt. Uh, that one, yeah, the, the little, probably. the yeah. little, little heart head, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that is pretty simple. So yeah, anyway, help us out. We're uh, we're moving studios, so money is good for that. Uh, thanks for joining me for the show, Matt. Thanks for doing most of the work for the the, the show prep. <laughs>